Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Always smooth, always refreshing. Gold medal winner at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival. When you're this good, quality always comes through. PBR Me. ASAP. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings... Mm -hmm. We present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Purple Podcast, what figures to be a fairly newsy edition of the Purple Podcast on May 25th. But hey, that's the Minnesota Vikings for you. They make news Christmas Day, they make New Year news on New Year's Day. They have people uh, hanging from banners on New Year's Day. They make news all year round. Halloween, it's, uh, Halloween. You have coaches that are, have eye issues. They make news Thanksgiving Day. It's they're a team for all seasons. And as we head into Memorial Day weekend, we are here to talk about the return, possibly, of uh, the one-time franchise quarterback and possibly once again franchise quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, who surfaced in a video this week. I'm Ben Gessling from ESPN, joined by Matthew Collar and Judd Zolgad of 1500 ESPN in what figures to be a fairly uh, eventful edition of this podcast for uh, the start of OTAs, which typically is a fairly quiet time of the year, but the Vikings, of course, are never quiet. The Vikings, Tuesday evening, I believe it was, released a video of Teddy Bridgewater. They made it very clear he was rehabbing. He was not practicing. Uh, He was dropping back in slow motion on the video. Uh, some some nice uh, highlight music to accompany the video. Couldn't tell how far he was throwing. It looked like checkdowns, but it gave you an idea of the fact that he is throwing, which I think we sort of knew from some of the videos he had put out. But he's doing it in OTAs. He's able to rehab, not practice during OTAs. Had a big brace on his left knee. Didn't appear to be moving at full speed, at least from what we could tell. It was a little hard to, to, do, to deduce all of it, but... Uh, and then yesterday, Rick Spielman gets up and says, well, he's not practicing. We're not going to get into how many passes he threw, what the timetable is, whether he's ahead of schedule, whether he's behind schedule. So, guys, my question to you is this. The Vikings release this video, get everybody all excited about, oh, Teddy's coming back, and it, despite the best efforts of, of some of us out there to pump the brakes, and then Rick Spielman, of course, pumps the brakes yesterday, what do we make of this? What does this tell us, if anything, about where Teddy Bridgewater is at right now. I don't think that it tells us anything about where he's at that we didn't already know. It just quite possibly could set 
false expectations for the fan base. Expectations, hey, click on this. For where Teddy really is right now in his recovery, because the, Rick Spielman referred to it as phase three. I don't know how many phases there actually are, but I know that this type of injury, the projection for where he was going to be, was maybe a two-year injury and getting the brace on, getting out there, doing some slow dropbacks. I don't think that says anything different than we already knew, which was not a whole lot about a timetable that Rick Spielman said he was not going to set any sort of timetable, wasn't going to get into a head or beyond a behind schedule. But it certainly makes it look like and comes across, if you're a Vikings fan with a Teddy Bridgewater jersey, it says to you, Teddy back. That Teddy's on his way, and he's going to be back playing soon. That's what that image says to you, whether they were innocently just trying to give an update knowing he wasn't going to be there at practice on Wednesday or not, or if they were just trying to center that around their own Vikings coverage. Uh, I understand all that, but I also think that one thing that you should think when you decide to do that is people are going to get the wrong idea. Gentlemen, I think I found a new job for all three of us. We will start. I would say we will each start at $500,000 a year and go from there. We I'm can, interested. We are consultant. We will be – I volunteer to be a consultant. I don't want to be a full-time employee to the Minnesota Vikings LLC on if you're going to get into the media end of the business, you need people who know what you're doing. And in Winter Park right now, they got no one who knows what they're Context doing. Context matters. Because here's all you had to do, Vikings. This is so simple. My dog could have known this. There is no your dog There is no for? my dog's around me quite a bit. I talk to my dog all the time and my dog is technologically more savvy than I am. I don't am. need a retirement package with the dog either, right? Exactly right. So here's all you needed to do. If you're going to run 39 seconds of Bridgewater dropping back, which actually, you know what? I don't blame you. You're trying to get clicks just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. All you needed to do was go to Rick Spielman and say, Rick, if we're going to do this, what I need you to do is I need you to give me 10 seconds saying this is phase three. Exactly what Rick told you guys on Wednesday, because when you are idiotic enough to stream 39 seconds of him with music dropping back to pass, I believe you also posted three photos, and then you wrote something from one of your web content people that had no quotes from anybody. It was just basically saying Bridgewater went through drills, blah, blah, blah. Why wouldn't you? Who doesn't then think to be like what Kyler just said and you said? Give it context. Just say he is in phase three. This is a slow process. But we've got some good news to show you. Right then you say, oh, okay, I get it. But honest to God, I mean, listen, folks, if it's that tough there, if you don't get that, I'll do it for five hundred grand. <laughs> Just come to me and ask me, Judd, what should we do next time? Or you, Collar, or you, Gessling. And all you would say is, you know what? This is fine. I don't blame you for getting the clicks. But if you're going to get those clicks, let's manage expectations. Because when people saw that on Tuesday... I think there were still a lot of folks who said, okay, hold, hold on one second. But you have a large part of your fan base that I think Collar's right. They say, oh, Teddy, he's sort of back. Yeah. And this is coming along. Now, my only, my only caveat to this whole thing is I, my conspiracy theory was this. I do wonder if the Vikings football operations department didn't mind this going out. Because I'm willing to bet they've gotten a few phone calls from a certain T. Condon. Yeah. Asking about a 314 a, area. Code. Yes. Asking about when my guy Sammy Bradford's going to get a contract extension. And so now all of a sudden you've planted it in their head hey, Bridgewater's doing some drills. But 
I do think from a fan base standpoint that you did them a disservice by not giving it some context. I, I also think that the Sam Bradford part of this is really interesting. Uh, some people were making fun of the 39 seconds that there's Sam Bradford just standing there staring at Teddy dropping back and, you know, the little thought bubbles good. in Sam Bradford's <laughs> head, right? Uh, now, from what I know that Stefan Diggs wrote in the Players' Tribune. Tom, Ted, it's Sam. Yeah. Give me Jeff Galuli on well, the phone. Teddy Bridgewater has tried his best, it seems like, to help receivers understand what Sam Bradford sees differently than he might see or how they play differently because that's just how Teddy is. And it's one of the reasons that Mike Zimmer loves him and a lot of his teammates do too is that he's got that good attitude about him and it won't be a huge problem from that standpoint. But if you're Sam Bradford, you are trying to focus on winning 11 games or something and get into the playoffs with this team. And this Bridgewater thing could be a distraction for you if you're Sam Bradford. And this kind of exit on a little bit, right? I mean, if there are a good portion of the fans who want Teddy to come back and take the starting job back from Sam Bradford, then any time Bradford struggles this season, it's going to be, how far away is Teddy? How far away is Teddy? We want Teddy back. Forget forget Sam. We want Teddy back. And this kind of just pushes it more in that direction. And I'm imagining this is a quarterback in Sam Bradford where his team in Philadelphia very reasonably drafted a quarterback and him and Tom Condon got so upset they skipped out OTAs and tried a holdout that ended up resulting in lots of LOLs from the internet but but this is the same guy who did that but don't you guys think too if you are going to so if and I don't blame the Vikings for this but if you're going to try and go through this season without giving uh, Bradford a contract extension. So if you're going to try and sneak through this whole year mm-hmm. and sort of see how Teddy does, see how Bradford does, I think the last thing, to Collar's point, I think the last thing that, that you need to do is also introduce this specter of Teddy's getting closer. Now he's closer. Now he's clo- I mean, teams can tell us until they're blue in the face, we don't mind distractions. We don't allow it to distract us. That's a bunch of BS. So on and it, you so, can monetize them. On it, it's yeah, great. true. But on the surface, don't you guys think that the potential of of if is Sam going to get a contract extension becomes enough of a distraction that what you really don't need now is are you going to give Bradford a contract extension and how close is Teddy? Like you're getting into a lot of court. The quarterback position is one where you really want to minimize distractions. Yeah, not up them, and there's a chance they're going to up them. Yes, there is. Um, and I think that Rick Spielman yesterday coming out and, and basically saying, well, nothing really. I mean, he, he didn't really offer any kind of a concrete timetable. tells you that they, they still don't know, number one. And number two, I, I thought it was interesting that they put out the video and then they waited a day to have members of the assembled media come ask the questions about the context that was not provided in the initial video. So you get everybody all excited, and then it's, well, wait a minute, we're not, he's not practicing, we're not close. Why those questions don't get asked right. initially when you're putting it out, it would help them manage that message. But I, I think the thing that, that maybe they feel like is not that big of a deal and not that close to creating a distraction here is that they know, and it, certainly the way they react to this sends this message, that nobody has any clue yet when Teddy is going to be able to come back. I mean, we've done this a couple of different times now. When he put out the video, I think, of the agility drill, uh, there was the, the, the cryptic video of the, the the guy in the hoodie dropping back and, and throwing a ball on his Instagram account. There's, there's a Booter it, Films. Yeah, wasn't there the one Teddy other one? Out. Was there one other one? 
There were at least two of Teddy throwing like very briefly in, in various state parks. One more. Yes. At Win- was there, wasn't there one at Winter Park that he put out, too? I thought there was. I think that was the one I, I couldn't there see was for one some in reason. Florida, Instagram right? stories yes. and my phone don't always agree for some reason. But um, <laughs> There's a Pruder Films, though. Yeah. It's just like this. It's Bigfoot. Oh, no, it's Bridgewater. Well, that's basically what I wrote the other day is that, that his – when you see him and his rehab is sort of talked about almost like a, like a Bigfoot sighting. I, I didn't use the yeah. phrase Bigfoot. I think I said like a like a phantom or something. But it's all these stories. Of, I saw him. He was over there. Oh, he's not there anymore. No, I promise I saw him. I mean, it, it does have that feel at times. Yes. But, but I think a lot of the reason it has that feel is that nobody knows with any certainty this is where he's at. This is what he's going to be able to do in June. This is what he's going to be able to do in training camp. This is what he's going to be able to do in week three. You don't have a blueprint for this. So when they are trying to say, yes, he's coming back, yes, it's you know it, it's going in the right direction, you can't really put a timetable on it. It was very interesting to hear Rick Spielman yesterday, it, you know, it, not it, interesting if not surprising, uh, say, we put this out because we knew you guys were going to ask about whether he's practicing. No, we weren't because we know that he's not even close yet. And... I think that's part of the reason they're being so vague, and it's part of the reason that when fans see this, they should remember they this is get, a long... They put out to get hits. 100% they did, they and that's out. fine. But you know, they're, they're not going to admit that because it, it sounds craven, I guess. But, but, that's, the, but that's the odd thing that they to make me, fun though. of the media for, I guess. But, but I mean, yes, they got a ton of retweets, and they got a ton of clicks and everything else, so right. they, they would be happy with that. But a decision like that, mm-hmm. wouldn't that have to come all the way from the top, though? Wouldn't that have to come from Rick Spielman to yes. get approval yeah. to do yes. something like that? Yes. And I don't think that Rick Spielman is too concerned about web clicks, right? Mm, no, but no. business operations, they are, and I think they probably go to him with a case for... Is this going to hurt? And my issue is... He does retain very tight control over that stuff. I know that for a fact. And, but my point is very simple. Somebody should have gone to Rick and said, we'd like to do this, but the one thing we really should do is provide context. And if you could give us 10 seconds, yeah. 15 seconds. Yeah. Now, here, but here's where, here's where the distraction angle gets intriguing to me. We can, we can all sit at this table and acknowledge that we have no idea when Bridgewater might come back. And we could acknowledge that the Vikings football operations department and training staff doesn't know that but every time that teddy takes the field now and every time he throws passes he has a large group in that locker room of guys who love him and athletes aren't grounded people i mean they're not i don't think you have a lot of guys who say you know i've got to keep in mind teddy's a long ways away they think oh my god he's throwing this is fantastic so the one thing where I think the distraction can creep in is Teddy certainly has his allies, right? Yeah. And so do you want to create a situation where if Bradford starts to struggle, you do get guys in that locker room saying, we really should get him back. That's where the distraction angle to me becomes a, a legitimate one because players are young, young people and they don't clearly think through things. A lot of times. Not all of them, certainly. Some do, some don't. And it's it's interesting, too, in this day and age, you often hear doctors sort of framed in the same context as media members or anybody else who would dare inject reality into the situation sometimes. Well, it's going to be tough to come back from this. Athletes, a lot of times, will see that as, oh, you're doubting me. It's No, it's just the human body has limitations of how fast it can heal. And doctors putting a timetable on it is in some ways to probably cover themselves, but also to say, well, hey, don't get your hopes up too much. And and athletes have gotten to a point at times where they see that as, oh, 
this is you saying that you don't believe I can heal this fast. I mean, we heard this from Adrian Peterson constantly, where it was, you know, oh, you don't think I can make it back from this in time, and then he would do it to prove a point, and sometimes that worked, like in 2012, and other times it did not, like last year. So, I mean, you run into that stuff too, but yes, if, if Sam Bradford does struggle, you may have people saying, well, if Teddy's practicing, then, you know, without the proper set of parameters on it, it they, you know, they may think some of that. The one thing it does, the video, is opens up conversations, though, of a lot of what-if scenarios, right? I mean, my expectation is that Teddy Bridgewater will not take a snap in 2017. But if he does get back and practicing, there's a lot of, well, what if Sam Bradford has another game like he had on Thanksgiving last year? Or what if he... Well, he threw a game-ending interception there, but throws a game-ending interception like he did against Washington. Or he's checking down to the tight end on third and seven over and over again. And I think that one thing we didn't hear at the end of last year from wide receivers and other people on the offense was, oh, we have this incredible belief in Sam Bradford that he could take us where we want to go. I think we heard from some people, I think Kyle Rudolph would be happy with him since he had a career year as his wide receiver, Adam Thielen too, uh, that they would be happy with him as a quarterback. He's getting them the ball. They're putting up big numbers. Thielen got paid. Uh, But at the same time, we didn't hear the same sort of tone that we've heard about Teddy Bridgewater before this. This is our guy. This is our heart and soul. This is our leader. There's a different type of viewpoint as of right now of one of the quarterbacks over the other. So if Bridgewater is open to practice and maybe even contact or something. That's what I mean is when you put that video out, then we all start to say, okay, what if this, what if this, what if this? Right. And I don't know if that's great because I could see just us naturally doing that. Uh, What about players? I mean, they they all know what's out there, what's being put out there. And so they know that he's been throwing in practice. Right. But when you start to promote that fact, then it's like, all right, well, what could end up happening here? And it leaves a cloud of uncertainty over the situation. Yeah, that's and that's my point is the players are going to be susceptible to, oh, my God, he's doing this. So he might be that much closer. And there's a, a lot of guys that like him personally and think that he can o- overcome this. The more I think about this, though, do you guys think that there is a, that there's any chance doctors clear him uh, for any potential contact before 2018? Because his to me. knee, this is such a weird deal, right? His knee basically blew up on a non-contact yeah. situation, and we're not talking about an ACL that just went. If that, if you know that happens, I get that. But his knee, his kneecap dislocated. He tore the ACL and probably tore more for sure. We just don't know what. I gotta think that what now he's been cleared. I think he was cleared by the doctors in Dallas to move side to side. Now he can drop back. But do you really see a doctor who says, okay? we are willing to take the chance that you take a hit to that knee in 2017. The more I think about it, the more I got to think that they're going to side on, let's be as cautious as possible. So here's what I would like to do, because we, we are talking an awful lot about what isn't realistic, what we don't think is going to happen. Just to, to kind of put this on some kind of a foundation here, what do we think is the realistic course of events for Teddy Bridgewater in 2017. And I'll, I'll start it off. I think he starts on the pup list, which basically gives you between six and nine weeks to evaluate him to see if you want to put him on your active roster or if you want to put him on IR for the year. 
it's it's certainly possible he goes on IR. It, you know, if he does that, his contract tolls. He's under contract for 2018. There's a financial incentive to not playing him at all in 2017. And if he does play, the scenario where he is in a game, and I think we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, is not a great one for Sam Bradford because it it, it probably means it. Well, it means one of two things. It's either the Vikings have clinched everything they need to clinch by about week 15, and you can start taking Sam Bradford out of the lineup, in which case Sam Bradford has probably played well enough to earn a, a long-term contract, or things are going off the rails. You don't know about your future with Sam Bradford. The games don't mean much, and then you can put Teddy in those situations to see what your future holds there. So to me, I I think the fact that he probably starts on pop and probably stays there well into the regular season means you are not you're going to be, the train is going to be so far down the tracks by the time he's ready to go that the scenario in which he plays meaningful snaps in 2017 mm-hmm. is either not good for his future here because Sam Bradford has played well enough to cement the job, or it's not good for Sam Bradford's future, in which case it may not be good for the Vikings' future, in which case who is making the decision about the quarterback position in 2018? Right. I think the more I think about this, I honestly think – that the day they decided not to pick up the fifth-year option on Bridgewater's contract, that their private thinking is that they are going to have him start on the pup, go to IR, his contract will toll, he will not play a down. And I think part of it is going to be, if they're smart, they have to realize this. If their goal is the Super Bowl, which we all know that's the goal, but if that goal is to be as realistic as possible, Sam Bradford's going to have to get you there. Everything that you do to create more controversy, potential dissension, and issues revolving around Bradford is going to hurt him and you. And so I think that what they're going to do is Bradford's going to play, provided he stays healthy, the entire season. Bridgewater will not be an option. And if you think about it, what good can come from trying to play Bridgewater this year, Collar? I mean, he's going to be, if you're going to play him like Gessling just said, really late in in the season it's because things are either going great or things have gone bad now the potential downfall is he plays he comes back a little bit too soon his knee really blows up again and he's done forever so the more i think about this i don't think that there's any good that can come from getting him back i think there's a lot of good that can come from saying spend the 2017 year rehabilitating we will revisit this with you as a potential National Football League quarterback either here or somewhere else in 2018. Paps Blue Ribbon is always smooth, always refreshing, and the perfect choice at the game or out with friends. And now, add gold to the great PBR tradition, because Paps Blue Ribbon was awarded the gold medal for American-style lager at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival. That makes four gold medals for PBR in the last 11 years. Not bad. It's that gold medal taste that has made Paps Blue Ribbon a Twin Cities favorite. When you're this good, quality always comes through. Go for the gold. PBR me ASAP. But how will you really know if he can get back into a game if you don't find a way to get him in? I mean, a week 17 or something like that. 2018. Because, but you, you find out. The thing with uh, Bradford is that there is a drop-dead date where you have to know whether you're sticking with Sam Bradford or not with a contract extension. I mean, at the, um, Is there? Well, I mean, at the, at the end of next year, you yes, can you, you can. You really don't want to, no, though, right? You, I mean, you don't like that. That's a gigantic but, cap hit. But, but keep in mind, but keep in mind, like that. get it? 
Hmm? Oh, yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah. Cousins. Good one. Keep in Thanks. mind. If, it's, it's. I hate that joke. It's way played out. But, I, it, but it was cleverly interspersed. I just, it's overdone. I mostly just brought it up. What are you doing here? Make, you made I, a good reference, and then you got to bring yeah, it, I now brought you're it up. It down. I brought it up. This isn't good. No, I brought it up so that I could make fun of it because it bugs me. Is this a Minnesota like that thing? thing? No, that's not good, man. That wasn't. Like, like no, he lost confidence in his it. joke. I don't, I, no, roll it wasn't even it. that. I, I brought <laughs> it up as an opportunity to make fun of it because you like that thing bugs me. But The point is quick. If Bradford has the type of season that they hope, He's their quarterback. Yes. And Bridgewater's done here. But and he can go somewhere else and try. If he has a very average year and they go 9-7, and seven, you'd be looking at the next year going, wait a minute, if Bridgewater can come back, yeah. he's five years younger or so, yeah, he, is, he is $2 million it will cost you, which means you can keep Xavier Rhodes and sign whoever else you want. Yeah, here's the problem. The guys making the decision, if they don't have a good season, will probably all be gone. But if they have a nine and seven season to make the playoffs, they're probably not gone. Yeah, but nine and seven probably doesn't make the playoffs for sure, and it's a huge disappointment. My point being is, I think they've got to. Put, I think they have no choice but to play chicken with the Sam Bradford, with Sam Bradford going straight ahead, right at the wall. But if you're if you're in a position where you know exactly what you have with Sam Bradford, which has always been the debate with him, sure. right? I mean, oh, with the Eagles, well, Chip Kelly's offense was getting old at that point. Oh, last year with the Vikings, well, they were playing T.J. Clemmings, and he's really bad. So this year, Rick Spielman has eliminated most of those things. I was watching the team yesterday out there thinking there are a lot more weapons than there were a year ago now with yeah. Delvin Cook and Latavius Murray wasn't practicing because of his foot, but he'll be out there and you've got a bunch of wide receivers and maybe Laquan Treadwell takes a step, but you know that you have a number one and number two and you've gotten some giant tight ends. And like they have really put together an offense around him that there are no more excuses. So if he throws 20 touchdowns, 10 picks, goes nine and seven, it puts them in a spot where they really have to know whether they can turn back to Teddy or not because the ceiling on Teddy is higher than that. It's higher than a very average season 17th to 20th best in the league in 9-7. and seven. But if they're not sure that Teddy can even step on the field and play, if they don't find a way to figure that out for sure, then the, I don't know what you do there. Don't you think there, there's a real chance, though, when, when it comes to contact that he's simply not cleared for the 2017 season? Yeah, I think that's possible. I, I mean, I think there's a chance that doctors say you're not going to find out. I, I wonder, though, I mean, when we talk about the ceiling on Bridgewater, how much of that, and Colorado, I want to hear your take on this because your your feelings on the alternative to Teddy Bridgewater are well-documented. Uh, how high <laughs> is the ceiling on Teddy Bridgewater if he is not the same quarterback from a mobility standpoint that he was before? You guys love to paint me as a Bradford hater, don't you? I would say a Bradford truther. He liked him at five and zero. Oh. I don't know what happened, Ben. Yeah, the opinion hasn't changed. Yeah, here, he's got a great. Go he's got a great arm. He can make incredible All throws. throws. Yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead. I, well, you can look up past podcasts if you want more detail on that. Uh, well, my thought on that, Ben, is he was never really a running quarterback to begin with. If he could still move around the pocket the way that a Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Tony Romo does, guys who couldn't beat that many people in a 40-yard dash uh, but have very nimble feet and can see their blocks in front of them well, I think this is one thing Sam Bradford doesn't do is even when he does have protection, he's not extending the play. He's not allowing guys to break off of their routes and make plays downfield. It's First read, and that's where I'm going. And I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do and getting the ball out and not getting hit. 
whereas Teddy, I think, can move around to where the pressure is coming from and buy extra time, which doesn't take sprinting speed. It just takes foot movement. So, yes, I think he could come back and be a good quarterback, even if we wouldn't expect him to break off a 20-yard run, which he would do every once in a while in his prime. Do you agree with that? Yeah. No, I mean, he's never been a guy that is running for the sake of running. I mean, he's running more to throw, but he has been able to do that fairly well in the past, and I'll be curious to see if he can do that again. Now, The offense would be different, too, wouldn't it? It would, and you'd also hope that he wouldn't need to maybe do quite as much of that because they, yes. he'd be better protected. So maybe he doesn't need to do quite as much of that, but it, it did become a big part of his game, and I, I think it's something that you'd hope he can at least go to to some degree, I guess. All I know is 39 seconds on Vikings.com this week created a lot of questions that I don't think the Vikings or any of us can answer. The one that's thing what, is, I mean, that's, that's my takeaway, because we're talking about this now. We still don't know a thing, but yet when you see that footage, you it does create questions. Wouldn't it have been just as easy to have Spielman say, he started to do some dropbacks, he started to do some throws, nothing's different, catch you guys later? It's not as sexy. In a in a old school world of which the Vikings didn't have a business department that was trying to get uh, retweets and hits, they would have called together on um, on Wednesday the people who covered the team on a full time basis and told you guys here's the update. He's not here today. He's seeing a doctor. He has started to throw. I mean, if Rick had if everything you guys were told on Wednesday had been the first admission of this, it would have come off far differently. But when your eye sees him dropping back to pass and throwing with highlight music, with in slow motion, with chariots of fire playing in the background, <laughs> it colors your image of where he's at. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's you, me, fan base, players. When you see that, there's a certain expectation created that probably can't be met. And I don't think ultimately from a business standpoint, it's a great idea. I don't think ultimately from a team football ops standpoint, it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think it is one of those things where your aim in that moment was probably more commercial than it was football-related. Oh, I think it was all commercial. Yeah. I think it's hit, and, and the league loves it. The league loves it because they were able to take their cameras, the Vikings were, to a practice session of which nobody but them could go. Mm-hmm. And they completely, and, and I mean, this gets into the whole new world, too, of team and league websites mm-hmm. that decide how things are going to be covered and well, a lot of the fan NFL base network can talk about and a lot of the fan base loves that a lot of the fan base basically if you ask i bet you there's a scary percentage of the vikings fan base with if you said tomorrow 1500 espn um espn.com mm-hmm. star tribune pioneer press are all going to go away and wabi and that crew is going to be your main news outlet they'd be like okay cool yeah i mean we would like to think oh, that they repel against that, but ultimately I think there's way more people than we think who would be just fine with that. Some of that, I think, depends on how the team is playing. If the team's winning, that's one thing, but I think if the hard, team is losing... scary hardcores out there, boys. Well, yes, there are Viking certainly people... Yeah, there's certainly people that, that would be fine with that, and, and you know the, the hope that, that we all have is that people are saying, well, I, I want a little bit more of a balanced perspective than that. And, and there's... There's different flavors for everybody, obviously. I mean, there's enough of it out there that you can pick from what you like and what you don't like. And and uh, if you think one thing is too negative or one thing is too positive, you can go to another thing, and, and that's another option out there. But, yes, it, it was certainly – it's one of those moments where it is different because it's not them covering something from a third party. They are controlling the content, which 
came from a, a closed practice, and then they answered it in the news cycle. So, from a commercial perspective, it makes tons of sense because you get the you get the attention, you get foot, footage for NFL Network. You probably got that footage out on a lot of different platforms. I mean, they sent out a thing saying, "Hey, you guys can use this if you want to use it." And then ESPN and, and other outlets certainly probably took them up on that, and uh, then the, their footage is out there and, and getting used in a lot more places. But uh, yeah, it, it does create kind of a mixed message then to have Rick Spielman come out there and, and say, ah, "This isn't really is." Uh, as far along as as you might think it is. Well, that was the the one thing. I guess I expected to get a more specific update. I mean, if you're going to put out the video, then follow that up with where he actually is in the timeline. Is he they right on? Don't know. Well, that's right. That they that's the problem. Is he right know. on schedule? It's is phase he three. where we expect it? Yeah, phase three. Whatever the heck phase three means. Phase I, three is when players can actually be on the field working together in eleven on eleven drills, including but not limited to OTAs. Yeah, I mean, I uh, well, I thought it meant phase three of his rehab. That no, because they love to phase things. No, it's phase three of the offseason program. Oh, I see. That's oh, what I he was thought. Referring oh, the to. quote read to me like what Collar just said. Okay. No, I think I, I think we're talking about. Phase three of the OTA. Oh, I, I see. I could well, then be, no, he wasn't really I clear with that either. So then, there, so then the phase thing quickly. doesn't mean a difference. Any difference. Correct. Okay, well, I, look, when it comes to the teams putting out their highlights and stuff like that, I mean, I, I think that that stuff fans love and they like to see when Laquan Treadwell burns some guy who's not going to make the roster and he makes a great catch that, like, fans get excited about that. And 95% of football is being excited about what might happen with your team, yeah, right? We play true. 16 times a year. Yes, sir. So, I mean, and clearly this Vikings fan base has stamina for that. I mean, just looking at <laughs> our website and the team's website and the retweets they get and the clicks they get, I mean, people are always interested in this team 24-7. So I understand if you're the team where you would say, this is going to be a big hit if we put Teddy out there and plus – People love it. And, by the way, he's kind of been doing this himself anyway. So maybe we'll just take that away from him a little bit because people want to see it. I, I understand that. I just If it were me and I was giving the advice, I probably would have said something similar to you. You can put it out there. You can show him. But let's not give a, a com- completely six false. Six figures, Collar. Demand six figures. Yes, Don't I give know. this advice away. Let's not give a false perspective, basically, of, of where he is in the rehab. Having covered the Teddy Bridgewater topic, I think from pretty much every angle we can cover He's it. Coming back, well, and and, and uh, we will be accused of throwing cold water on it. I'm sure, but uh, there's a long, long way to go before this thing is played out. And I think it's wise to remember that, even if it's exciting to see him on video. We we get that, and uh, but before we start, that no, this is not bitter media saying, "Oh, you, you didn't give it to you guys first. Like they can do what they want. It's fine, but it does lack some context and that's what we're trying to provide here yeah i'm I'm helping (laughs) shifting topics teddy bridgewater was not there yesterday mike zimmer was also not there uh taking several weeks off as the vikings announced on monday i believe it was uh to let his eye recover Mm -hmm. uh he had another surgery last week we saw him saturday at his football camp and he was coming off of that surgery. He said he's healing. He was hopeful that this was the last one, but he cautioned, I've thought that before. So I, I think he's still open to the possibility that this may not be the end of it. But it does make sense now, does it not, to take the time away and, yeah, and get away from it? What all, By all accounts now, they basically are admitting he didn't want to take this time off. Yeah. 
and that they had to get someone to drive him to his Kentucky ranch yeah. to keep him 12 hours away so he can't come to work. I sense you have concerns with this. Well, no, I just, I, I just come back. It's just, listen, I feel empathy for the guy. He loves to coach football. His wife has passed away. This is his life. I get all that. So I, I feel bad for Mike Zimmer. But my God. I mean, you, the man is basically blind in one eye. Hopefully he gets sight back. He has admitted fully that the same thing could happen with his left yes. eye. And during OTAs, they finally get, get him to step away. I mean, I hope somebody said to him, Mike, you have to understand that if the season starts and, God forbid, it gets worse and you can't see or something, and you have to take time away and we go in the tank, we're all getting fired, probably including you at that point. So it just the foot, the mind of the football coach collar always amazes me. Going back to, to when I was a kid and Dick Vermeil resigned from the Eagles, and I think he was the first coach to talk about sleeping in the office and burnout and things like that. This notion that I might not be very healthy, but I'm going to work harder and harder and harder, and it's and you say to yourself, at some point in time, it's amazing that common sense can't kick in. I mean, you had to get somebody in a car to drive this man to Kentucky to keep him away. I just it it just boggles my mind at times. It, it really struck me at the combine when he was talking about how he's more involved in the offense this off season. Yeah, and so someone asked. Well, does that mean George Edwards is taking more on with the defense? Oh, no. <laughs> it was like shot right back with, oh, no, 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 no. No, I still got the defense, too. And like, aren't you recovering from, like, nine surgeries now? Like, uh, so you're recovering from multiple eye surgeries over the offseason, taking on more with the offense, still doing everything you did before, which was at maniac level to begin with, with the defense, and this was expected to just not wear you out at all. And the Tom Johnson comments about him last year being in a crabby mood and being tough to deal with um, because of the eye, possibly. I, I mean, I, I think that that should hit Mike Zimmer and say, yeah, you know what? Maybe if I had taken two weeks off last year and not watched film and tried to grind this out, knowing that at that time last year, after Halloween, he's still one of I mean, he's got the most job security in the league yeah. outside of Belichick and maybe Andy Reid, right? I mean, it's way up there at that point. Now it's right. not like that. But maybe at that point, if you said, I'm taking two weeks off, I'm not going to watch film, I'm going to step back, this is really serious, that maybe your eye is in better shape now, and maybe your relationship with the players wouldn't have been damaged throughout the rest of that season. We saw Gary Kubiak do that, and then he went on to win a Super Bowl in Denver. Um, in, as I say that, it probably did hurt that they had a bye as early as they did last year because this happened after the bye week, so you really have no reprieve at that point. I mean, had had they had say a say it happened Halloween night like it did, and they had like a November sixth bye or something. I mean, that would have been the time to to have it all happen because you would have been able to get away from it a little bit easier. But like you say, Judd, it, it does speak to the mentality of Mike Zimmer and a lot of football coaches when you're in OTAs and you have people saying, you can go take the time. It's going to be okay. And he's still kind of saying, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. I'm going to try to soldier through this. It's sort of the fact that they said you can do it tells you that OTAs are not the most important thing in the world, despite how they get portrayed sometimes. Uh, I, I think you have a lot of coaches that would say they want more time with players in the off season. So they have to use the time that they have. Well, but it also says that uh, if you're going to take the time, it's better to have it happen now than in training camp it, or the preseason. It's also an interesting and clear indication that while 
Mike told uh, told people that, that he was going to get more involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. The front office doesn't think that's important. I think they're worried about him because be, I mean, I've heard that from a couple of people. Sure, just but in, in, on the long term. But I would say if the off season installation is important for one thing, it's Shermer and the offense. Sure. So. Yeah, it's just, I mean, from Spielman's comments, it's just clear that they've tried to get him to step away before. I mean, I it's no accident that they they sent him to Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, this is not a, you know, pick a place. If he, their fear is clear. If he had picked his Eden Prairie house or, or suburban house here. <laughs> He's sitting in the trees trying to watch practice. Yeah, that, that he'd be driving back. Yeah. And so, I mean, Spielman said that stuff. It came off joking, but yeah. it, it wasn't joking. He's dead serious. They really wanted him to be put in a car and get the hell out of town because they're worried about it. And, and I think this is the atmosphere that the NFL creates, and I understand why that is, but if you don't win, you're just out. That's mm-hmm. just how it works. They don't give you much time. I mean, Zimmer talked about this at the Combine where he said it's amazing how many coaches get fired after two years yeah. or three years where he said himself that he's just learning how to deal with a lot of situations mm-hmm. as a head coach and you're constantly terrified about your job status. And I know that, Ben, uh, you and I both heard this from Zimmer last year at some point early in the year where he was he brought up his job status. And he at that point, people were thrilled with yeah. him at that point yeah. when, when he brought that up. And we were blown away by that. And, we were blown away by a lot of things that day. In, indeed. Uh, but with him making that a part of a conversation, it gave you a little window into his mind. Yeah that he was thinking about his job status at all times, as every NFL coach yeah. is. six so, weeks after getting a contract extension. So it's just NFL mentality that it's next man up, which means if I'm down, someone else is going to be next yeah. man up. And I think that probably caused him not only to push it way farther than he should have, but also be paranoid and concerned and frustrated, too, as they started to fall apart, and a lot of the pressure was focused on him. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a guy, too, that, that – when it took him as long to get a shot as it did, he came in. I think it's one of the things we all gave him credit for is that he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He came in with a fairly fully formed idea of how he was going to coach the team and what he was going to want this team to be like. And it's interesting to hear him say, I mean, he's probably talking about things more away from the football field, how to manage the CEO type parts of the job. And I think even probably by his own admission, that was something that was going to be awfully new to him. So you're still figuring some of those things out, but, he came in as a football coach, I think, fairly mature in the way that he wanted to do it. I think he'd had a lot of time to think about it. But it also tells you that when you're a guy at that spot, you know you're going to get one shot at this. You want to make the most of it because this is probably it. Do you know if you if you take away all all the outside factors and him being sick, if you take all that away, do you know where it appears he was not prepared for success? Yeah, because he yeah. came. He, That's a good point. He came here, taking over Frazier's team, mm-hmm. which had turned into a mess. Yes. Uh, so year one, no expectations, right? Right. And he does really well, and I think won seven games. Is yeah. That right. Seven, seven and nine. Seven and nine. Okay. So you know what? That that goes well. Year two, oh my gosh, you win a division, mm-hmm. and and to and to your point, Ben, two years in, you were saying we're all saying to ourselves, "Wow, this is impressive." Right. I mean, he seems to have a really good control control of things. The players have completely bought in, and the first time that I thought to myself, "Wow, that's weird," was training camp last year when he basically came out and said, "I've told the players, no one believes 
Yeah. And it's like, well, Mike, you're coming off a division title. Everyone expects you to challenge the Packers. At that point, you've got a quarterback. Got a new stadium. It you've creates got, buzz. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time I said, and, and of course, your first thought is, well, it's sort of weird, but he's a football coach, so mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore it. But really, everything last year outside of the things that, that went wrong, too. Yeah. But just from his standpoint of coaching, that was the first time everything was like, you don't know, you didn't seem to have a plan for once you were successful, how, how to maintain that success. Well, and it was interesting, too. So they, they win. They, they beat up on Houston October 9th, I think it was, last year. He tells them after the game, this team has a chance to be special. And he starts using that term, which... As benign of a term as it is, NFL coaches don't use it unless they think a team has a chance to go a long, long, long way, Reed, playing for a game with a trophy at the end. Two weeks later, they come back from their bye. They lose in Philadelphia in a game that was goofy enough that they probably could have won it. And he starts talking about how what, – did he did he call him soft? Yeah. Was that the thing? Yeah, yeah. mad. I mean, it, that was an awfully big flip for a team that the last time they'd been on the field, he's talking to them about – this could be a team that could go a long way and possibly play, be the playing stuff, for a championship. The stuffed toys thing, I, I don't care what he did or didn't do, is also weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and that's and also odd. As we went along, the handling of Rogue One cornerback. Yeah. Rogue One series. Ro- oh, I'm sorry, Rogue One series. It was more yeah. than one cornerback involved. Good point. Uh, that whole thing was bizarre from start to wherever we stand on that now, yeah. which everyone will tell us, it's just fine, it's just fine. It's kind of like if you get in a fight with your wife about something, but you didn't re- like you didn't really let it go, but you just thought, all right, well, let's just make sure we kind of move along from yeah. this. The next time it comes up, you're like, son of a... Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's just the way that I think we deal with everything, whether it's at work or in relationships. I could see that being kind of the same way here. The thing with Zimmer, and I, 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 you guys, again, don't call me the Bradford hater. Do not do this. <laughs> truther. Bradford truther. Do not call me the Bradford truther. Sam Bradford will not bail Mike Zimmer out if he makes mistakes again as the head coach. It is not Aaron Rodgers. It is not Tom Brady. Yeah. It, like, Bill Belichick, I believe, is the greatest NFL coach of all time. I also think that any mistakes he's ever made along the way, we forgot about or we just totally overlooked because if he game-planned wrong on defense, I mean, they're down 28-3. to I don't think his game plan was perfect against Atlanta. Tom Brady bails him out. Genius, right? If he drafts a terrible wide receiver, which he did like five times during Brady's career, Brady will just make Julian Edelman into a reasonably good player, right? Sure. This is something that Zimmer does not have much of a parachute for these things with Zimmer, uh, with, with Sam Bradford. And I, that's a kind of a big factor for me in how we analyze him, that he's going to be under the microscope because we know that he's got to be almost perfect in the way he handles the team and his defense. Yeah. And this offense also that now he's taking responsibility for. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they have a lot more weapons than they did, I think, and and that certainly will help. But they do not have that quarterback that can sort of paper over all the mistakes. And that's, I think, one of the things I remember in 2013 when they had all those issues with the quarterback position and the defense was so bad. I remember writing a lot of times about how the quarterback is the biggest issue this team has. And I had people on Twitter saying, no, it's the defense. It's the worst defense in the league. How can you say the quarterback is the problem? I remember writing something about this saying it's not that the quarterback is their biggest problem. It's that when you have a good one, it makes up for so many other deficiencies. I mean, the the Green Bay Packers have a perennially mediocre to abysmal defense somewhere in that range. They're in the playoffs every single year. 
Yeah. And sometimes they're playing to go to the Super Bowl yep. and stubbing their toe, or you know, in one case they won one because they have Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. It it covers up so many other things. It gives you margin for error. It allows you to relax probably as much as an NFL coach is allowed to do that because you know somebody's going to be able to bail us out. But they hired Mike because they knew for a fact that they couldn't find that quarterback. And so yeah. they hired Mike to stop Rodgers and, at the time, Cutler and Stafford. And It's not sustainable, though. I mean, and we've now, seen that. And now they're giving Bradford every – There is they're attempting to give Bradford everything around him possible. Yeah, they are. And so it might work, it might not, and yeah. if it really does not work, you're going to have probably a lot of changes. Yeah, it, it, that whole dynamic probably in some ways got a little more interesting this week with the Bridgewater stuff. I still, I think we're all in agreement that it doesn't tell you much, but it reintroduces that storyline in a different way, and it's going to be something that we're going to be and talking about for a long time. All of us would have been happy to give some advice on how to reintroduce that storyline. Yep. But, Give us a but call. You, but you guys decided to try and write the film yourself, so good luck with that at Winter Park. Yep, we are we are available for advice. We're much like... Uh, I'm George Lu- freaking Lucas sitting much, here and you didn't call much me Much like up. Lucy Van Pelt, the doctor is in. Uh, <laughs> Ten <laughs> cents like for our thoughts. Uh, or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps too. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think. We'll be back next week, I think, with more uh, OTA discussion. And we will talk to you then. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.